The harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. Why did he use that word? God goes to extreme measures to bring the loss to himself. The greatest gift you will ever give this world is your intimacy with God. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are all three inside of me. I've got the power right now. I think what Jesus really wants is people to go. I want to be the answer to Jesus' prayer request. Welcome to the Fuel for the Harvest podcast. When this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world, then shall the end come. Welcome to another Fuel for the Harvest podcast. This is Charlie. And this is Nathan. It is so good to be with you guys once again. Today, we are going to be talking about the actual practical ways that you can reach your neighbor. Uh, We often um, have people come to us and say, yes, I believe that God is asking me to preach the gospel to my neighbors. Like that's something that I believe and I I wholeheartedly want to do. And yes, I even uh, have put together my testimony. If you've uh, listened to our episode called the who and the how, uh, episode four of fuel for the harvest, uh, then you know what I'm talking about with that. Uh, we've put together our testimony. Um, but literally, what do I do next? (laughs) Um, I've actually had a lot of people in my local church kind of come up to me and say, like, I want to do this, but I'm nervous. I don't know where to get started. And so today we just kind of wanted to walk literally step by step through kind of the different ways that we get started in some of those conversations. Yeah. So we would say, number one, pray and then pray and then pray and then keep praying. Uh, Literally, when you have your list of people that are in your life who are lost, which you should have some, and if you don't, then it's time to meet some. It's time to find some. It's time to make some new friends, uh, make some new acquaintances. But essentially, you should have a list of those people in your life who do not know Jesus. Pray for them daily. Keep praying for them. Keep praying for them. That's kind of a given. But after that, now what? I always tell people, especially these days, it feels like 50% of evangelism training is just training how to have a conversation. So that tells you something. Oh, just have a conversation with them. Uh, We always think that a a really impactful way to love people is to ask them questions. So ask questions. Hey, how was your day? Or get to know people. Figure out ways to ask them lots of good questions questions. Come up with questions. In fact, um, you can find online if you Google good questions for small talk or good questions at parties or something like that. You'll find lists of questions that I find are fascinating questions to ask. Some of them are like, hey, um, what were the highlights of your week? Or, hey, what's your story? What's your life story? Tell me about it. How'd you get to where you're at? Uh, It could be questions like, hey, what's your, what are some defining moments from your life? Or what's the most impactful book you've read? Or what are you most excited for right now in life? Or, or uh, why did you choose the profession that you've chosen? These, there's, there's limitless questions you could come up with to ask people. Um, but what it does is it gets them talking. It makes them feel loved. And it opens you up to, to start to understand where are they coming from and what's going on in their life. Yep. And even, I, I don't know if you guys are like anything like me, but Charlie's kind of a go-getter. I'm kind of like a sit-on-the-back-burner <laughs> guy. And so one of the most difficult things for me is even before engaging someone in a conversation is just literally like, who am I looking for? 
And uh, for me, I'm always looking for people who are open. Um, The Bible sometimes calls them people of peace, uh, but people who are open. And that doesn't necessarily mean open to the gospel, but people who are just willing to have a conversation. I've actually been in the midst of a conversation with, uh, I I guess I would call him an agnostic post-Christian person, Uh, but he, for like the last four years, and the thing that has kept me in that conversation for four years has been the fact that he was open. So I don't know if you guys have coworkers who are uh, maybe they're particularly conversational, they're looking to make connections. Maybe you have neighbors who are uh, open to having conversations with you. Like just uh, finding people who are open uh, can be a really good place to start. Yeah, and it it could be that you find it's not necessarily the person who is conversational, but it's somebody who is definitely open and desiring that relational connection, but maybe they're nervous relationally or introverted, and so they don't know how to get it either, and they're blessed by you reaching out to them. It could be that scenario, but you don't really know who that open person is until you initially engage them and just start a normal conversation to see what happens. Right. Then you'll start to know, okay, let's talk. Let's ask a few more questions, and if they're done and they shut it off, then you kind of know, okay, unless the Lord's leading and prompting and putting it on my heart, I'm going to let it be for now. Right. And it it's interesting. Once you get in the practice of starting conversations with people, it's crazy how easy it becomes. Like, I, I we have a friend, a mutual friend, Charlie and I, who in high school, he was called a voluntary mute. Uh, that Like, people who otherwise would basically say nothing. I've seen people like that totally transform because of just practice and like a willingness to say, yes, Lord, I'm in, even though it's risky, even though it's uncomfortable, I'm willing to do this because I know it's what you're calling me to do. Uh, I've experienced that even in my own life. Uh, like I said all of like 900 words to my freshman roommate uh, in college, <laughs> like in an entire year, I was that shy and quiet. And over time, I've just kind of learned different questions that I can ask in different ways. And my desire to connect with people has become easier just by practicing. Yeah, it's huge. You know what they say, uh, practice makes perfect or what some others say, perfect practice makes perfect, which means none of us will ever be perfect, but we can definitely practice. <laughs> so, right. Uh, but yeah, just getting out there, starting normal conversations, figuring out good questions to ask people to love them. Um, we find that uh, it's helpful to look for inroads in people's lives as they're sharing about their life. You may find those by asking someone, hey, what's your life story or what's your story? What brought you to where you're at now Uh, is a really helpful question because if they're open, they'll begin to share about their life and then you can hear what is it that their heart desires or what are those difficulties that they've suffered through or maybe there's some currently. And if those are ever shared, well, number one, you can definitely pray for them. Say, hey, I'd love to be able to pray for you. And then maybe God will start to answer that prayer in a way that that person sees. And already, wow, God's opening a door. Uh, But look for inroads. It could be, hey, that person is really fearful right now. Um, And you're saying, okay, uh, I know how to deal with fear. Like God's brought me courage and peace in the midst of times when I've been afraid or anxious. Or maybe they're, they're stressed out and weary. And you're saying, wow, I had a time when I was weary and stressed out. And here's what Jesus did. 
uh, or whatever it might be. You can look for those inroads where you can relate the gospel, you can relate your personal life, but that often comes by listening, by asking questions and asking them about their story and and seeing, wow, this is a good opportunity, a good on-ramp, so to speak. Right, and what Charlie's talking about right now is kind of the pivot moment. It's the moment in the conversation that you can take it from just like a kind of a surface level conversation to something that's more gospel level, where you can, uh, when you're listening, you find that place where, it, hey, like that, maybe you have that in common with them and you can say, man, I was going through something similar and I don't, this might sound weird or whatever, but like Jesus made a huge different for, difference for me and, and you could just tell them how Jesus made a difference for you. And all of a sudden you've shifted that conversation into a, a spiritual conversation. Yeah, that can be huge. That's a, a great way to pivot. And then you have an opportunity then to share. Uh, another f- tool that we found helpful before we get to that pivot point is not only when you're listening, which is what we just shared, looking for inroads, but when you're speaking. So when you're in normal conversation and you're talking with somebody, you can put in what I would call God statements, uh, things that people might grab a hold of as you mentioned them. It could just be, man, like if you're talking with somebody who's mentioned their marriage, you know, mine would be a wreck if Jesus didn't do this. Or, man, I praise God that he's provided this in my life. Uh, I wouldn't have this house if it wasn't for him or whatever. Or this job, man, it was an incredible, miraculous story how God provided that. And you could just throw in these, these kind of God statements. And it could be that over time, people might grab on to one of those if they're open. Um you can also create other hooks in what you share and what you ask. I At least one example from my life that I've played around with a little bit is it's always a funny question to answer uh, for those in ministry when, when somebody says, what's your job or what do you do? <laughs> and uh, it's, it's better when you don't have a ministry job and you get asked that question sometimes. But I have always wondered about what to say. And um, sometimes I'll answer well, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a traveling speaker. Uh, and they'll say, really, what do you talk about? And I say, well, I talk about, you know, these different things or I'll speak at these different events, but it wasn't my idea. I didn't really want to do it. And they're like, what? Then, then they're, they're the one begging the question, well, why are you doing it? And, uh, so that's another tactic. I sometimes use a hook where it will open up more doors of conversation because they're the ones that then asking, but you can scatter in these God statements or ways that can hook people that can then lead into your personal story of what Jesus is doing in your life. Right. And, and while we're here, I think it's important for us to mention that people know when you have an alter ulterior motive. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever walked into like a furniture store or an appliance store and you have that floor salesman walk up to you and say, Hey, how can I help you today? And there's, there's that air of, he's not really there to help you. He's just there to make some money. Right. Um, or I don't know if you guys have had people knock on your door and they have some ulterior motive and they skip past all the caring about you parts and they just get to the, this is what they're there for. I think it's really important for us to understand that our ultimate goal Yes, we want them to follow Jesus, but our ultimate goal needs to be to be fully, lovingly authentic and revealing of Christ to this person. And like, whatever that means in that situation, if they're, 
people aren't stupid. They'll pick up on if you're trying to just feed them a line so that you can transition to, to, to preaching at them because people don't want to be preached at. They want to be connected with. Yep. It's huge to be truly loving toward people. You can't really fake that. You have to actually love them. (laughs) So important. Actually love them. Practically, really, truly like remember their name actually pray for them, like real practical, true, uh, actual loving and caring for them. Not just like, I'm here because you're a target and I'm going to try and, I'm going to try and manipulate you into following my God. And, uh, that love can only come. And we've talked about it on episodes about intimacy with God, friendship with Jesus. That only comes by getting up close with him and prayer and the word and time with him and allowing his heart to impact ours. Uh, that you can't manufacture that love that God pours out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, according to Romans chapter five. Right. Uh, so that's a massive piece. You got to be in prayer so that God gives us His love and His heart. So so far we've kind of talked about. All right. So first, I'm going to be praying for these people. Uh, have a list of people. Pr- even praying for specific opportunities, like I, it's a crazy prayer, especially if you're shy like me. But literally praying, Lord, please give me an opportunity to share the gospel today. Um, I, I believe that he answers those prayers. So beginning with prayer and then keeping your eyes out for people who are open, wherever they might be in your life, whether they're people on your prayer list or people not on your prayer list, but keeping your eyes open for those people, engaging them in real thoughtful conversation, not just like conversation that is an ends to a, a means to an end, but real true conversation. And then we got to that pivot point where you can take something from their life, relate it to your life and pivot into a gospel conversation. And then what do we do next? Yeah. So as we're having these conversations and we pivoted that direction, often I would say if it, if it helps you remember life's storm, storms, so to speak, the storms of life are often good pivot point areas. Uh, other times it's just, Hey, I share my testimony with somebody after a little bit of conversation, you go, you go, you know what? I have my two minute testimony and I'm going to share it. It could be that that's the case. And sometimes and other times there's an awesome pivot point that you bring it in. Uh, but then you share your testimony. You share that one to three minute story of what Jesus has done to impact your life. You heard about it in the episode who and how, uh, but essentially it's what was my life like? What was bad? What misconceptions about God did I have? Then how did I encounter Jesus? And now what's different in my life because of Jesus? That's that's what we want to share. That tra- that transformational power of Jesus in my life is what we want to show people as we share with them. Um, I would say, depending on the pivot point, it, it could be you pray for people. Uh, and you say, hey, I'd love to be able to pray for you. And then you pray for them then and you say, I'll keep praying for you. And you keep praying for them. Um, it could be that they're not open and ready to receive Jesus right then. Um, we find it helpful to ask a question at the end of sharing our testimony. We shared this on the Who and How episode as well. But hey, hey, is this something you're interested in for your life? And they may say yes or no. If they say no or they're not ready, then this is where we say, okay, now what? And that's when we say, hey, is this something you're open to exploring or talking about further? And that's where you can keep going. If they say no you can only do so much. That's when we say keep loving them in action, keep praying for them all the time, and find new fresh stories as the opportunity arises. If they still want a relationship, then as the opportunity arises, say, man, Jesus was just doing this in my life today. It was awesome. And and you can just kind of throw in those quick things as time goes on. But if, that's, if they're closed off, then that's the most you can do at that point. Uh, but if they're open and willing to explore, then we can keep taking it further. Right. 
And it's just a, it's really important for us to remember that it's not our responsibility to ensure that they convert or whatever, whatever word you want to use. It's our responsibility to preach. And it's, and if they decide, you know what, right now is not the right time, you know, that's okay. Like we don't have to feel uh, a deep responsibility for that. What we do need to feel a deep responsibility for is making sure that we do in fact share. Yes, we must share. And we want to do the best we can in how we share. Right. Uh, but ultimately, only their heart can be changed by Jesus. We can't change their heart. We walk in obedience to say, God said pray, God said go, and God said proclaim. So that's what we're going to do. And we so long and desire. It is our goal. It is our hope. It is our vision that they convert and say yes to Jesus and become a disciple. Uh, but that's we can't force that transformation. We have to be faithful to share, provide opportunity, and then see what God does in a person's life. Right. And from here, I think that the process kind of diverges into two paths. Either the person is open and they're ready to accept and you can like lead them in praying a prayer or or lead them in, in deciding to follow Jesus or they decide not to follow Jesus. And if if that's true, I would encourage you to keep praying for them. Keep keep. Uh, keep their name in, in your Bible or wherever you go on a regular basis to pray. Um, even get their phone number if they're willing to give it to you and, and, and say, hey, you know, I know, like, I just want, like, I don't know if you're, whatever. <laughs> like, you can keep that connection going is what I'm saying. And if they, if they don't, if they are interested in the gospel, um, we have more steps that you can follow afterwards. It, once they decide to follow Jesus, um, you can encourage them if you have the opportunity to begin meeting up on a regular basis, uh, maybe even once a week for coffee or something. And in the course of that, you can lead them through some of those basic, uh, teachings of scripture. Uh, I think we went over that in one of the episodes as well. Yeah. So, if they've said, yes, I want to believe in Christ, I, I want to follow him, uh, we find it helpful to go over various topics like, hey, how do you pray? Let's just look at the Lord's Prayer together and talk about that, and let's do it. Um, hey, well, what about spending time with God? What does that look like? Just sharing with them, here's how you spend time with Jesus. It's real simple. Uh, okay, well, well, then what? Well, after that, let's keep meeting together and getting in God's word. And and who is he? Well, here in the Gospels is what it says about the Father, that he gives good gifts and that he provides, like that passage in the Gospels where it's like, would you know, if even you who are evil fathers don't give your son a snake or a rock when he asks for bread, then how much more will your Father in heaven give to those who ask him? And so that's the character of God. That's who he is. Um, and just having those conversations in prayer times, uh, and we recommend that every time you meet, you get into the Word of God, and you say, okay, simply, what does it say from a head level? Just just what is it about in the text? Secondly, heart level, what do I need to obey for my own life? And thirdly, what is there anybody else I can share this with this week? And And we recommend those obey level ones be very practical. Like, what step am I going to take literally this week? week uh and and to get to that place it could just be hey uh what do what do we learn about god in this passage and how does that change my life um but i think there's a category before we get too much further down that path of those who are open to exploring jesus in the gospel they're not saying no but they're not saying 
Yes. What What do we do with those people who are in between? And obviously, step number one, keep praying. <laughs> but the, the cool thing is that you can continue to engage those people who are open. You can continue to engage them in conversation. And depending on the context of where you meet these people, whether it's over a phone call or text or email or uh, or an in-person conversation, just continuing to engage people in conversation, continuing to care for them continuing to reveal Jesus to them in the way that you live. I think that one of the the biggest hindrances to, to people deciding to follow Jesus is that they watch a bunch of Christians not actually follow Jesus. So like, especially for those who are seeking, it's really important that we, we live like Jesus did. Uh, just like it says in Ephesians verse, uh, or chapter five, verse one and two, just like it says in first John, uh, it's like chapter three or four. It literally says, just live like Jesus. Um, yeah. Yeah. Be like Jesus. So live a life of love and action for one, keep praying. And because they're open, keep talking, keep discussing. Uh, a helpful question at that point might be, what questions do you have about Christianity or Jesus or the Bible or what is the one thing that's keeping you from becoming a follower of Jesus like what is the barrier for you and seeing what they say they might have something real specific that you can start to journey through together and say hey I'd love to talk about that with you let's sit down and talk about that area of your life that you're saying here's the barrier for me Uh, here's why I won't Uh, or here's what I've been through or here's the question I have about the validity of the Bible or Jesus uh, it could be they have some concerns, and then you get to discuss those concerns because they're open. They're not closed off, but they're just not ready. So keep journeying that with them. Find out where exactly are they by asking questions, by listening to them, and saying, let's talk about those. And, and not everybody, it, like you might not feel comfortable discussing those questions, but there are tons and tons of resources out there, and it's totally okay for you to say, you know what, I don't know. Like I've I've had a lot of uh, converse, spiritual conversations with people where it's like, you know, I don't have a great answer for you, but I, I would love to dive deeper and I want to get back to you on that. And people <laughs> respect it when you're not, uh, what's a nice way, when you're not faking it. They, they, <laughs> they respect it when you're, when you're not just like trying to fabricate an answer when you, when you're authentic enough to say, you know what, I don't have a great answer for that, but I'm willing to connect yeah. you with someone who does, or I'm willing to search for that answer together with you, uh, people really respect that. So don't be intimidated by difficult questions. No, that's if they, if you are in a place where they want to keep talking and they're asking difficult questions, you're in a good place. Um, that means they trust yeah. you with their questions and they want to know what you have to say. And uh, that's, that's a good opportunity for you to grow in your faith and for them to grow closer to Christ and following him. Uh, so huge, huge opportunity there. Uh, there, there's. I just wanted to share a quick story of when this had happened in my life. When I started to step out of my comfort zone, say yes to Jesus and share with others, I, I always say that sharing Jesus with the lost is one of the greatest joys of the Christian life. And I believe it is. It's like, wow, God wants to use me for this. It's, it's at first incredibly intimidating and then at the same time incredibly exhilarating. Uh, how exciting it is mm. when you see God moving through your life to impact others and the the adventure that it truly is. Uh, there was this girl, so I was I was in this this high school um, speaking at an FCA, and when I was speaking, this girl walked into the back to change the trash. She was the custodian, and when she walked in, I recognized that she was a girl I had gone to high school with. 
uh, same graduating year. And she kind of looked at me and I looked at her, but I kept speaking. Obviously, I couldn't stop. So when I finished, I walked out of the room and, and somebody said, hey, that girl that was in there, she asked that, to talk to you when you were done. Um, you can find her over in this part of the area. So I, I went over to that part of the building and found her. And she said, hey, how's it going? What are you doing here? Uh, and, and she knew in high school that I was dead set on going to the military, to join the military. And she said, so are you in the military now? How'd that go? <laughs> and I said, oh, that's a good question. And immediately was able to share my testimony with her because it's a, a wild, crazy story of, of how Jesus radically changed my life and called me into what I'm doing today. So I shared that story with her. And I said, well, what do you think about all that? Like, where, where are you at in your spiritual life and your spiritual journey? Where are you at? And she said, well, I, I find your story really fascinating, but actually I've been exploring lots of different religions. I've tried Native American spiritual beliefs. I've tried Islam. Uh, I, I just have tried a lot of different stuff. And I said, well, hey, I'll tell you what, if you're open to, I was like, do you want to learn more about Christianity? She said, yeah, I definitely do. And I said, well, here, I'll tell you what, why don't you come to church on Sunday just to see what a service looks like and let's get together a few of us after church and talk more about it and, and hear your questions. She said, that's great. She came, we got together again, and uh, we started sharing the fullness of the gospel with her. Here's who Jesus is. Here who he, who, who he this is who he is. This is what he's about. And uh, what questions do you have about that? Um, what is it that's stopping you at this point? And she said, well... Um, I'm curious. I, I really liked some of the other stuff in Islam and some of the Native American spiritual beliefs. Could I mix them? <laughs> I said, that's an incredible question. That's a great question. Uh, and we don't need to get defensive, just a side point. We don't have to get defensive with these kinds of things because she really had, like, she didn't know. People don't necessarily know. Um, they, they are honest, real questions. Um, and so I said, that's a great question. Um, actually, uh, you can't mix them. And here's why. Uh, everybody kind of views like God like at the top of a mountain and all the paths lead to the same God one place at the end. Um, but in reality, it's kind of inverted. It's it's more like all of these paths start at the same place with questions about human life, but based on their answers, they end up in very different places. And logically, you couldn't have a, a, a truth that's different for every person. Then it wouldn't be a truth. It would be an opinion, and opinions differentiate. So, so really, Jesus, if he's real, is the only way, and you can't mix these beliefs. Um, so that's just the truth. And she said, that makes perfect sense. Thank you for being honest and sharing with me. And I said, yeah, you're welcome. And a few of us there were talking with her a little longer, and then we said, so what do you think? And she's like, I would like to think about this for, for a little while. And we said, that's totally fine. Um, keep thinking. We'd love to keep meeting and to discussing. Come to f She kept coming to the church. She kept asking good questions. And then come to find out a couple weeks later, she said she came to us, said she had prayed and given her life to Christ, decided to follow Jesus. It was incredible. Uh, she was baptized in the church, kept coming, became a member, and Jesus really transformed her life. Uh, but that's an example of kind of that in-between person. I had shared my testimony. Uh, she was still open and exploring, but not ready to commit yet. So we just were able to discuss those issues that she wanted to explore. So it could be some in some way in your scenario that it looks something like that. And I don't know if you guys are anything like me, but the idea of having a long-term responsibility to these people seems overwhelming. Like you're like, yeah, I'd love to preach the gospel and see someone decide to follow Jesus. But then I, can I just like send them to church? Like, do I, do I really have to keep meeting with them? 
And I think that uh, we, we, we have to consider that because honestly, I understand that temptation. Like I understand the desire to just be like, yep, you can, you, you decided to follow Jesus and, and, and I don't want anything more to deal with. Deal with. <laughs> like I get that temptation as a very shy in, introverted person, but it's, it's the absolute opposite of the example that we get from Jesus. Like, uh, con- continually uh, pouring into the lives of people is something that he does with his 12 followers, uh, regardless uh, of whether they're smart or dumb or whatever they end up doing. Like, they, he continually pours into the lives of these people. Um, but getting people connected with the local church at a minimum is really important. But it, if you have the opportunity to, to continue to pour into the lives of people time and time and time again, do it. Um, Charlie mentioned that at, at the beginning of his story that like there's something there's like a true joy that comes from this and if you've never tasted that joy uh, you're missing out like it our joy is not complete if we're not sharing the gospel and that joy in at least for me has been the fuel that propels me and keeps me going forward with people who are either on the edge or uh, with people who have decided to follow and they just continually need follow up. Um, that's the fuel that keeps me going that, that presence of Jesus, that joy, that, that, that comes from sharing the gospel. Absolutely. I, I would even venture to say until you get out there and keep sharing with people, you don't know the fullness of what you have in Christ. The more you get out and share with people, the more you realize what really Jesus has given to you. It's incredible. Uh, oh, it's true. Man. It, like a feeling you've never experienced before. It's like falling in love. Like it, <laughs> like w- when you've never fallen in love before, it's like it's that same kind of amazing feeling of, of joy and happiness when you get to share Jesus with others. Like the scriptures are not lying. Uh, it is absolutely true. I can testify to you that it is absolutely true. And I'm betting if you lead someone to Christ or find someone with exploratory questions that wants to explore with you, uh, you're going to want to keep meeting with them. It would be my guess because right. you're so excited about what Jesus is up to in their life. You're saying, man, I just can't get enough of this. I want to keep meeting with them. I guess essentially we just say, definitely do it. It's worth it. And if you don't find that open person, keep going to more people until you do. God has provided persons of peace, so keep seeking them out until you find that one that God has for you to invest in in that time. Don't hesitate. Don't stop. Don't give up just because some people say no and it's difficult. Keep going. Keep loving. Keep praying. And keep searching for those until you find someone who is open. And you will find them. Right. And I I mean, I could tell you tons of stories of me doing the wrong thing at the wrong time <laughs> like uh of of just making yeah. some silly sometimes really stupid mistakes uh that I wish I didn't make but I did make them and so just living with you know like I've made mistakes and I think all all of those famous evangelists like people like your pastor like people you know from your spheres of influence or who, who are really good evangelists I guarantee you that they've made like mistakes Billy Graham. They've made mistakes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but but you're saying Billy Graham made mistakes? A hundred percent. Yes, he did. I'm absolutely and hey, certain you know of what? It. Me too. Yeah. Uh, there's been times when I'm like stricken with fear, have no idea what to say, what to do, how to do it. I'm sure I've said the wrong thing and messed it all up. God knows all of that. The whole point is that we're out there proclaiming Jesus. It's that simple. And uh, keep going. We get better as we do it more. That's, I mean, pretty much it. 
Um, so yeah, I, I I'll tell you one funny story before we finish up here. So <laughs> I'm like just a young kind of just have fallen in love with Jesus. I, I came to Christ young in life, but I've just fallen in love with Jesus like sophomore in college, and uh, just kind of beginning to explore what it's like to share my my like to share the gospel with other people. And I'm downtown in downtown Denver, my, like my home city. And uh, just kind of out there with the intention of sharing the gospel with people. And I see these two guys holding hands walking down the street and I approach them and I don't even let them talk. And I just blah, 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 blah. And I speak for like two solid minutes, just me talking. I didn't listen. I didn't ask their name. I didn't do anything. I was just so nervous that I was going to say something wrong that I was like, oh man, I better just get it out. And the they were like, okay, like, like that was the most awkward thing I've ever experienced, turned away and walked away. And I was like, oh, okay guys, see you later. <laughs> like, it was just like, I've, I've made some silly mistakes, but if you remember to make people the priority, to care for them, to engage them in real authentic conversation and, uh, just share the gospel in plain layman's terms, uh, I think that you're going to find yourselves seeing people decide to follow Jesus. Yeah. And I'll say this to wrap up. God will use your mistakes. He'll work in the midst of them. Uh, yeah. What Nathan did there, which I've done plenty of times myself, is not necessarily wrong. It's not the best method or the wisest, but God will still use it. He'll plant seeds. He'll grow them. Uh, Nathan was not hateful in how he did it. He didn't proclaim anything false. God will still use it. He'll work. It's him who's changing the hearts. And, of course, we want to do the best we can, but he's the one who will change the hearts. Uh, so we can't wait. If you have further questions, uh, please email us, fuelfortheharvest at gmail.com. We'd love to hear them and address them on these podcasts. Uh, if you have wild stories of what you did to get out there and they ended amazingly or not so amazingly in your perspective, we'd love to hear those too. So go ahead, send us an email. We'd love to hear back from you guys. But thanks again for joining another Fuel for the Harvest podcast, and we'll see you guys next time.